Battleline Podcast, Chris Peranto is back in the building. It's been a little bit. Uh, I think people were worried. Does does he have COVID? What's going on? Who knows? Maybe maybe I did. I don't know what I had. I but uh well I but that wasn't it. I was I was gone. I was like traveling, speaking in how many different states the last few weeks. And then uh I did get sick at the end here. I had to do some filming. I think I just ran myself ragged, just finally just wore wore out and and uh, I did get a fever and all, but <clears throat> I don't know. I, I worked through the fever. Actually, I, I was doing some filming and I had a fever and and I still uh, I had to get the filming done. So I just pushed through it and and then I really crashed, man. Yeah, it was it was pretty. I just needed a rest for about three or four days just to shut everything down. But it's better now. I feel better. So it's yeah, what it is. I, I can tell you're you're definitely better. Um, well, really excited. We have Chris Dykos coming on. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Speaking of uh, how much better that you recouped at everything, I'm not saying it necessarily was Ned, but <laughs> I'm not saying it wasn't not Ned. <laughs> so um, our friends at Ned are great, and, and they, they put out great product. I could say around this holiday season, this is the last show we're doing for Christmas, actually. So yeah. Merry Christmas to everybody. Um for me, when the weather gets like this, I do ha- tend to have joint issues and, you know, I wake up with a little bit of, um, I-, I wake up basically a little bit more sore than usual sure. uh, when I'm not taking that, I should say, because when I am, I'm fine. Um, and then the other thing is just uh, during the winter and, and colder months, it's and, and the lack of sun, I just don't feel as much like me. And I think Ned has really pushed me through that um, with their CBD, especially getting a better night's sleep. I mean, when I take Ned before I go to sleep, I have great dreams um, that I could remember. And that's how I know that it's a product that really works. Uh, Ned is USDA certified organic. All of Ned's full spectrum hemp is extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Paonia, Colorado. These products are science-backed nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. And Ned's incredible de-stress blend uh, contains CBG, which is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. And that's their new product. Ned is full, fully transparent. They share third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their site. Their products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical fields like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. So they have really a team on board that could speak more to how this stuff works, but I just know it works for me when I get a great night's sleep. And and, and for first-time users, you might see, um, you know, some of the the higher end products and, and the bigger dosages. You could really start with that three hundred milligram, and yeah. you're going to feel a difference. So, I, 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 think so. I would definitely start out with that. Yeah, no, I de- I would. I mean, that's what and that's what I stay with. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence too. When I started to feel a under, little bit under the weather, and I just started to get a little sick, I ran out of my stuff. I was on the road, and I ran out of. I ran out of my Neds, and I, I and I ran out of my and I ran out of my bugs both. And, um, I, I don't think that was a coincidence that I started to, to fall off the wagon there. And, and cause I, I've been feeling great the whole year and, and using it and, and it's helped with travel and it's helped me, my immune system. And to say that was just a coincidence, I don't think so. So, um, yeah, yeah. guys, it's, it's definitely part of a healthy lifestyle you, you, and you gotta, you gotta use it. It works well. 
very well. It's it's great stuff. Yeah, just use it regularly and, and you will feel the difference. And now for the holidays, Battleline listeners get 20% off Ned products with code Battleline. And when you spend more than $150, Ned is throwing in free gifts with every order. Visit helloned.com slash Battleline to get access to that. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Battleline to get 20% off plus free gifts with orders over $150. We've been getting great feedback from listeners, guys who are former military. So check them out. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Twitch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The switch is on Battle Line Podcast. Uh, really excited, as I said earlier, to have Chris Dykos coming on. Um, I wanted to start the show off with this article actually written by our friend, friend of the show, Army Ranger, Green Beret, Jack Murphy, um, for Odyssey, where he does some of his work, because this is an insane article. And immediately I was like, are you aware of who these guys are? So I'm just going to read it. It's not too long. And you guys will, um, I guess, be amazed, not in a good way, of, of how this went down. Um, so the article is ex-Marines turned CIA contractors implicated in Nashville contracting killing. And by the way, it's going to be hard to follow a little bit because it's like, you know, this guy's uh, uh, mistress and it's a lot to follow. So you may have to like <laughs> listen back to this, but I'll do the best I can with explaining it. So two former U.S. Marines have been indicted in a contract killing plot in which automotive executive Eric Charles Mond of Austin, Texas, paid to have his mistress and her lover killed in March of 2020. Trouble began after William Lanway, the boyfriend of Mon's mistress, Holly Williams, threatened to expose the affair to Mon's wife, according to a Department of Justice release. The Texas executive then turned to a man named Gilad Paled, who owns Speartip Security, a company intended to help people with extortion attempts. Paled, who claimed service in the Israeli Defense Force, IDF, hired former U.S. Marines, but Brian Brockway, uh, who served in Force Recon, and Adam Carey, a source who worked with Pellet and Brockway, speaking to connecting vets on the condition of anon- uh, anonymity, stated that, that despite Pellet's claims of having served in the IDF, that both he and Brockway were former CIA contractors. Brockway's call sign while deployed overseas was Inc., which was also the name of his company called Inc. Force LLC. Both men served in the CIA's Global Response Staff, GRS, which we've talked about many times on the show, and as Jack wrote in the article, 
uh, made famous by the attack on the American Temporary Mission Facility and CIA annex in Benghazi, Libya, which was dramatized in the film 13 Hours. GRS contractors act as a security element for CIA operations officers who have to meet their intelligence assets in dangerous parts of the world, such as Iraq, Afghanistan, and Libya. According to the indictment, Mond paid Peled spear tip security over $150,000 prior to the planned killing. The team surveilled their targets before Brockway and Carey confronted them in the parking lot of an apartment complex. Lanway and Williams were both shot and killed and then had their bodies dumped near a construction site on Old Hickory Boulevard in West Nashville. Mond then wired $750,000, so that adds up to a million, um, to Peled, and, and this is this is priceless, wrote a positive review of spear tip services on their Google profile under his own name, stating they get the job done in an expedited time. Couldn't imagine using anyone else. If convicted, uh, the four plotters all face life in prison, of course. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's connecting vets with Jack <laughs> Murphy. And immediately I said, you know, you did a <laughs> lot in GRS. Do you know these guys? Yeah, the the one the ink uh, I I knew and I worked with. Uh, he, he, like I told you yesterday, most of us guys that worked with him back in the uh, early two thousands, um, I thought it was a tool, <laughs> but it's, I didn't care for him at all. Um, and <clears throat> a guy calls himself Ink because of all the ink tattoos he had. That was back when the guys also were. Some of the new guys are coming in and giving themselves their own call signs. Cause you don't do that. You're a tool. Yeah. Give yourself you your you yeah, you, say like the Reaper. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you, you know, that was, that was one of those. No group. disrespect to that. <laughs> but come on, you, you don't do that because you really are thinking too highly of yourself when you do that. There, there's gotta be some humor involved and some humility. Um, and most guys, even though we give each other shit, most of the guys, especially the really good ones, they have that sense of humility and and laughter that goes along with the job which i i never saw it with him i never rode with him either i wouldn't i wouldn't get in the same car with him because to me he was a he was a uh uh he was more of a liability than it than an asset or a help so uh honestly I, I stayed away from him we had nothing in common i really didn't care for him um so does this really doesn't surprise me either and I think you would go that far though, because yeah. you know, like not caring for someone is a far yeah. Yeah. difference between someone who's going to kill someone for money. Nah, you know, nah, no, because you, you, there's that mindset that goes with that line of work, buddy. There, there is. I hate to say it, but there is. There, there's a lot of, especially in the early days, there's a lot of wild west loose cannon guys down there, and and a lot of them were going down seas. I say, I should, I should say a lot. Few, not a lot. Did I say a lot? To me, five or six is a lot. That's too many out of you know a thousand. But yeah. you know, there, there's there's guys that really have, have want to get away with murder, literally and figuratively. And I saw it quite a bit. And we would generally, like I said, it didn't work very long. At least when I was there, I I, I left and went to a different different AO, different area of operations. I don't believe he stayed there. Um, he was reprimanded a few times by our own supervisor, so I don't think he stayed on the job very long. Um, but you did see that, yeah. You saw you saw guys that that human life wasn't didn't mean much to him, um, and it was part of you know the nature of the job where we would have to maintain control over our own people. That that was why I think uh, um, GRS should and even Ground Branch and so forth should get more kudos is because we really do manage our own. We, we make sure that we don't have those loose cannons happening all the time. Did it happen? Yeah, there, there, it did. Um, 
And uh, because you do feel like that jolly green giant with guns, you're beyond, you're beyond reproach, reproach, you're beyond the law. You're, you're doing something that, that really is, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And if that means taking somebody's life and that's what it is, I didn't have that mindset. Many, many guys didn't have that mindset, but there always was a few. So that's why coming back here, it's just pay. You're, you're killing somebody for money. And that's the mindset you look at. That's what they, they think. And, and it's, it's, uh, and when they're back home here, they can surround themselves with like-minded individuals where you don't have guys saying, Hey, you're a fucking idiot. What the fuck are you thinking? Dude, that's no, no, you don't. We don't do that shit here. All right. This is that's not what that's not the movies. This is this isn't even close to the movies. This is not what we do. We don't take people's lives just for the sake of taking people's lives because we can. Um, yeah. And it doesn't. And I mean, you always talk about like the Ranger core values. Yeah. I would I would assume this does not line up with the Marine core. No, values. Of course. No, of course it doesn't. I'm to say Marines are all like that. They would they know there will be the first ones. That's that. That is the beauty usually of GRS or contracting when you have all the other, all the other branches is usually we would take care of our, so if it was a ranger that we we're having issues with, well, the rangers would take care of it. If the seal was having an issue, like let's say this guy equals a seal. Well, then we'd have the seals take, you know, everybody takes care of their own. Yes. You stick together, but when it comes right down to it, it's the group that that guy is, that was formerly attached to is the ones that actually go, go handle their own. That's the respect that we each give each other. We each give each other shit but normally a SEAL is not going to come in and tell a Ranger what the fuck to do. Not that he couldn't. It's just he's not going to listen to him. Where if a Ranger comes in and talks to the Ranger, he's going to listen to him more. So, yeah, that's a good point. It's to say, oh, these old Marines, all these force recon Ranger loose cannons. I mean, lunatics, no, not even close. Of not. Yeah. yeah of but, but this guy, obviously, what we had him pegged with in the beginning, we were spot on. It just took a lot of years to manifest itself. And he wasn't around a good group of people that managed that which us a group of people like i said i worked with him in Kabul. we had about 30 guys in Kabul. that was a big it was a big grs area most of the big cities were you had a big group of grs 30 was usually a lot um and that's where you could maintain and keep guys in line you know we could keep them in line um but when he left obviously when he left and started doing his own thing he got back to the united states where there wasn't a lot of oversight by buddies or teammates that shouldn't even say buddies we weren't buddies but by teammates you see what happens and they can go down that slope that they were really already going down we just made it managed to slow it down a bit when he was working and now he got away from all all the guys that were hey idiot you know get your you know unfuck your shit get your shit scored away we we don't we don't just kill people for money and grs was never like that neither is ground branch neither is any 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 uh contracting or paramilitary contracting world i think a lot of guys i like how guys come in and think that it's like that it's it's the mercenary it's that mercenary mentality that mercenary mentality is bullshit there's no i i never had a mercenary mentality i didn't go there to kill anybody you you did if you had to but you you you're trying to save lives you're trying to get everybody home not kill as many people as you can because i can or because they're bad guys or because you know and that's another thing in the mindset with something like this I don't understand is where does, you know, killing a terrorist is one thing. Um, I can rationalize that as them being a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Exactly. But, but, uh, but how do you rationalize somebody who's screwing? I mean, yeah, you're a bad person. You're cheating on your wife and you will get yours or your wife's, you know, or the mistress. Everything comes around. Believe me, it's all coming full circle. But sure. Just- but yeah, I would even say 
from a religious standpoint, right? Like that stuff is forgivable. There, there is a way to like make amends for that type of thing, even if it's, you know, still a sin, but there is no going back when you kill people for, for that. I think some of those guys, some guys think that they are at a point where they aren't going to come back, that they've already done atrocious things, whether it's been in war or they've done other things that we just never found out about. Maybe that's, they're at that, they're at that point of no return where it's like, well, screw it. I might as well make a million dollars. I'm going to hell anyway. That literally, that sort of mindset. I, 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 I know guys have that exact. What I just verbatim said verbatim, they have that mindset. It's like I'm going to hell well, anyway. You know what this uh, made me think of actually is that I remember on Facebook uh, you did a live stream. This was a while back, and you know I just remember certain things that you've said. And this was when you decided you weren't going to do any more contracting. And yeah. like one of the things you said is is you said there's there's some immorality in that world and you really got to want to be a part of it. And, yeah. and like, is this what you were talking about? Did you encounter anything this crazy or yeah. I mean, cause this seems like extreme. Uh, where I, did I consider, did I encounter? Yeah. Did I encounter people not, not coming back here and killing Americans, but bad shoots overseas? Did I experience that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I in the very beginning I did um, not so much when I got out of the state department side and I got to GRS it, it, there were senior guys, guys that had more responsibility, more moral code, but early on when I was with the State Department, yeah, I saw it a lot um, in the beginning. And uh, and it was hard to not see it because, again, Wild West, there, there aren't a lot of oversight, especially in the early days. There may be more so now. I think so. There is more so now. But in the early days, in the early 2000s, there wasn't. We were we could do whatever we wanted. And you had to have that moral code of moral courage uh, to say, hey, I, this isn't the time to shoot anybody right now. We just need to get out of here. Um, and, uh, and some guys didn't, and once you do it once and you feel like you can get away with it, it's easier and easier and easier. So yeah, that, and then also a lot of fraternization, a lot of, a lot of cheating, (laughs) a lot of, a lot of screwing around on spouses and cheating when you're away from home. And, and then, uh, you know, that that happened all the time. Uh, And that, that bothered the shit out of me because that's all that leads to the other things. To me, it's all, it, it, Moral morality is morality is morality. And if you're able to be immortal in one thing, then you can be immortal in something else. It's almost like, you know, you're, you start smoking pot. That's the gateway drug. And then you graduate up to the next thing. Well, it's kind of the same thing. You start doing these little things wrong and then you just continue to graduate up to something worse and worse and worse because you're you're already being immortal and you're already doing something that you shouldn't be doing anyway. So, um, yeah, brother, it's 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 sad. I, I don't know if I, I wouldn't be shocked to say this hasn't happened more in the United States. Um, uh, how they got caught. Um, you know, I, 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 I mean, Jack didn't really put in there how they actually initially, how they got caught though. Who, who, no, other than the only thing that I guess you could start to tie things together was the guy leaving that review on Google. You could start to track things from there. Maybe that was it, but I I wouldn't be surprised if this has happened more, but I also don't probably don't get caught the first time. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you know, you, you do it more and more and more and then the money gets huge and, but I also want people to know that I said, this is a, this is a small percentage. And like we all say, you know, why is it always a small percentage? This isn't what all the contractors are like. Well, it's not. Um, you don't want to say this is how any of the contractors are like, but obviously that's not true because we obviously have this in front of us. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's something where, where you really have to have your own moral code. We, I preach virtue all the time. We would need laws if everybody had virtue. I mean, that's that's why we have laws is because we can't control over we can't control our own immoralities. Um, 
and it it's huge. It does go huge in the alpha male dominated a GRS ground branch paramilitary special operations world. I mean, you know, you see SEAL killing an, an, an SF guy. You know, you see uh, some bad shoots uh, from from different uh, special op community people where they're killing killing people that shouldn't be killed that aren't terrorists. Um, you know, even see if their own government drone strikes to hit a, it kills a family. And we don't, um, we need to have our own virtue. Virtue is going to stop all this, not any more laws or, or us, uh, you know, or, or any more people getting caught doing it. It's not going to stop it. People have got to stop it within themselves. So that's why I loved working with GRS is because it, it gave me the ability to, I could make my own decisions on how I wanted to act. And I always, like I said, I said, I think I've even said on the show, I was always my best person downrange. It wasn't because I had any rules around me. It's because I really felt like I was in my most virtuous state of mind. My job was to, to save people, to kill terrorists if I needed to, to find them and help kill terrorists, you know, and then also to, to rescue if anybody needed to be rescued. And there was no gray area. Well, with guys like Inc., there, there was that, gray area and that gray area led him down passive of being the biggest baddest guy on the block that could kill anybody and i'm going to get away with it and that's the wrong mentality that's the wrong mindset um sadly there are guys that work in the contract world that have that mindset and still even though they're out or didn't work very long still have that mindset um, but there are many 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 and many of my mentors that i learned from that didn't guys like hoss i called he looked like hoss from bonanza but he was one of the most uh, huge, monstrous dude, but one of the most n nice, level-headed, calm guys you'd ever meet in the world. And it's guys like him that, like, man, this guy could mud stop anybody, and he would still be willing just rather to pick them up and help them along their way. He reminded me of the gentle giant, you know. And so I think it's also, you know, it's it's who you get surrounded by when you start to start working too, who your mentors are, and. So I always tell people that I've been doing work or if you're contracting or you're going in and you've been doing it for a long time, remember your mindset, you know, have the tough guy switches on mentality when you need to be. But when it's not, you got to turn it off and you're the nice guy and you're the nicest guy in the world. You know, there, I, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to have to hurt anybody. That's the mindset. No, no. And uh, but, you know, in this case, I, I'm glad he got caught. I'm glad they all got caught. I'm, I hope they go rotten hell in prison because this is, that's, you don't kill. I don't, sorry. I know people are think I'm a hypocrite, but you don't kill people for money. You don't kill people, period. I, um, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's your, that's, that's definitely a, a commandment breaker. And you're going right to hell. I know in war there, we, we have these little things in war and it still bothers me sometimes too, to think about it. Well, did I, did I not? I still did, but was it because I was believing in the right thing at the time? You know, and and it, I will always have that. That's, that's, all right. that's, that's, I, that's what we get when we sign up and go overseas. We expect that, but having that, I'm the holier than thou mindset that I can kill you and nobody should care because you're doing something rotten because you're, that's, that's, you know, that, that sort of mentality is, that sort of mentality is, 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 is a shit show within itself. And you shouldn't, anybody that has that mentality needs to look in the mirror and figure themselves out because uh, obviously there's something wrong with their head and, um, and it shouldn't cost somebody's life for you to try to figure it out. You know, yeah. granted it did in this case. And, and maybe some people will say, well, maybe this was street justice. This is social justice. 
So the people that were screwing around on each other, they got what they, they got what coming to them. And the idiots that did it, they got what they coming to them. But I don't know if I, I, I don't buy that. Yeah, I, I don't. That's not what I believe in. I, I, I believe that, you know, if anybody's going to do any due justice, it's going to be God when it's time for judgment. Um, but the people that got thrown in the, thrown away, they said, you said they got thrown in a park. Right? I read it. I remember reading it. They got thrown in yeah. a parking lot or a ditch or something. Yeah, pretty much. What, is it? what was it like? A, yeah, dumpster or something? Because I, I just read it, but, you know, um, where did they throw the bodies? I'm going to have to look. I'm going to have to find Yeah, it. but <laughs> uh, uh, dumped near construction. Construction. Right, yeah. yeah. It, West Nashville. It's a, oh, wow. The, um, and to say that we, every, every military, or every security firm needs a person like this that has very loose morals. I think there are some out there that will say that. You got to, you always got to have that guy that's willing to kill yeah. anything. No, <laughs> no, you, you don't. You don't. Um, and, um, I, if I remember right, I don't think ink worked very long on GRS. I, I only yeah, I guess, saying that earlier. Yeah, I only think a couple couple trips. But um, anyway, that's you know I'm, I'm yeah. No, I'm we we got to get to Chris anyway. The, the last thing I'll I'll ask you real quickly though. I mean, does it just blow your mind that guy that you worked with is about to be in jail most likely for the rest of his life? Like I'm guessing there's no one else you know like that. Yeah, no, because I mean, if it was a best friend that I, I if it was somebody that completely shocked me or was like, let's say one of my best friends that totally went the other direction, it would bother, you know, yeah, I'd be like, wow, okay, I didn't see that one coming. But in this case, no, nah, I saw, I really, like I said at the beginning, I, I think I saw this one coming, and he was a tool from the get-go. And I think he's getting what he deserves. And so, no, it really it really does it, dude, that kind of stuff, because it, it's it's like if you did it and went to prison, then <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, okay, this was, that was shocking. <laughs> okay, I didn't see that at all. But in this yeah. case, no, no, I, no gotcha. he, he, he deserves where he needs to be. He's where he needs to be. All right. Well said. Um, we we got to get to Chris Dykos, who is a guy who served with honor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before we do, uh, Photonis Defense is the global leader in night vision solutions, providing more high quality night vision capabilities than anyone. Hunters, shooters, boaters, and outdoor enthusiasts rely on Photonis Defense systems to make their adventures safer and more successful. Military, law enforcement, and public safety end users utilize Photonis Defense Solutions to give them the edge at night in tactical situations and rescue operations. Photonis Defense is now offering state-of-the-art night vision systems from the PD-Pro B 16mm binocular and the PD-Pro M 16mm monocular to the PD-Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Customers from all over are excited about these new, smaller, lighter NVGs. You've got to see these things to really experience how much smaller and lighter they are than anything else you've used previously. And if you happen to be in the industry or a part of that industry, and you're going to SHOT Show, be sure to check out their booth. Take a little note here. They're going to be at booth 41326. And not only are you going to be um, the first to demo their um, superior night vision, you'll also be able to enter for a giveaway of the PD Pro 16B binocular NBG, once again, giveaway. So uh, that'll be huge. Be there, booth 41326 at SHOT Show in Las Vegas. For everyone else, visit photonistdefense.com for more information or look for Photonist Defense Solutions from your night vision dealer. Um, also, of course, we're talking guns. We're talking ammo and night vision. The best ammo out there is Fort Scott Munitions. 
Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states. Just click on the dealer locator on the website and you'll be able to check that out. And that is fortscottmunitions.com, F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. They've got some great merch on there, some hats, t-shirts, and they're all awesome designs. I got to pick up more merch from them. So check them out. Once again, fortscottmunitions.com. Use the code BATTLELINE. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and us right here on the Battleline Podcast. So joining us for the first time on Battleline Podcast, Chris Dykos, 275 Army Ranger, Airborne from 1994 to 1998, currently working in education, founder of Continua Consulting. Uh, and I'm saying that right, right? Yep, Continua Consulting. And I'm saying your name right too, right? Dykos, that's good. Yeah. Dykos. Okay, so Chris told me that because I, I think I said Dykos for you, like Dykos. That's so, the way it works, And that's... Right? Uh, yeah, and it's continuaconsulting.com. There's there's a ton to get into with you, and, and I really do want to get back into like your service and all that. But I could just say the interesting thing when Chris gave me your name and like doing research that stands out to me uh about you, unlike a lot of the other guys we've had on, and, and this isn't like a positive or a negative, is if you Google you, you're a guy who is like completely transitioned away from anything military related yeah. and are working in education. To the point where it's like you'd have to dig up that you were an army ranger. And I think a lot of guys understandably kind of lead with that because it's it was the most exciting time in their life. And and was that like a conscious thing that you said, all right, done with this and I'm moving on to something that's, totally that's different? That's a really interesting point. That's a really good question. This is a good podcast. <laughs> that was good. All right. Well, we're, we're um, done. Let's let's edit some more. <laughs> edit something in. Um, no, that's really – no, I really appreciate that. And um, – yeah, um, my, you know, and that's just what I was hoping to get into is that it's about service, right? It doesn't necessarily mean what type of service that you're doing. And that's kind of like my, I've always gone into service. So like, as you, if you're looking at my resume or CV, the, um, you know, I've worked for the EPA briefly. I've um, always worked in public education. Um, and the kids that I served in public education are some of the kids who've had the most difficulty in their educational experience. Um, a lot of the kids that I served had emotional behavior disorders. And so the irony being that, like, you're talking about this transition and my first teaching job, when they were looking at my resume, they didn't ask me about my master's in special ed or like, you know, what my theory was or my intervention approach towards dealing with behavior. The first thing they saw in my resume was that I was a ranger in the army and they were like, dude, you're hired. And I'm thinking, good. That's that's a, that's pretty cool. what am I getting into? Right? <laughs> like, this is supposed to be education. And you want a guy who knows how, you know, like, you know, a guy who was a 240 golf gunner in the army. 
Was that was that because it was? I mean, no joke. No jokes aside, people could take it as a joke. But um, was it because it was public? It was like a public school. It was, well, like, was intense. It was really so. These are the kiddos that uh, behaviorally were struggling sure. in their high school experience or their middle school experience. Um, severe behavior disorders. Um, kids who were in and out of incarceration. Um, kids who were gang affiliated, um, multi-generational gang affiliated, some of them. Um, and so it, it was a pretty violent experience in that school when I first got there. Um, but part of that reason was because they weren't getting the services they needed. They weren't getting the behavioral interventions they needed. They weren't getting the counseling and psychological supports they needed. Um, they were just used to, you know, shut up, sit down, do your job. And, and if you're having issues, get the hell out of here. And, uh, and some of those kids had some really, like, really difficult life experiences. Many of them were the only breadwinner in the household. Uh, many of them had, were bouncing through the foster system and then eventually abandoned. Sure. And so um, they had a rough go of it, and they were used to being treated really roughly. And so that's what the attitude was. Um, unfortunately, in this school, some of those guys were also um, – uh, <laughs> Some of the people working in the school were also had one foot in the gang and one foot in the school. Oh, okay. Wow. Sure. No, I so got pretty bad there. Like I actually got injured there. Got sent to the hospital for a kid trying to break a chair over my head. Holy yeah. shit. Well, yeah. Well, so upper right block, you know. Yeah, right. I'm sure they didn't know that you were an army ranger and that's probably <laughs> not the best thing to do. So I'm sorry. I didn't hear that again. No, I said, I'm, I'm guessing they didn't know you were an army ranger and you're a guy who definitely knows how to defend yourself. They learned quickly for <laughs> myself. <laughs> when, when you did that, did, did you find that, did the rangers help you, th- that with the teaching get involved or was it the schooling Absolutely. that, like, that helped you? More so? Well, that's the service, but was it, what would you have thought prepared you? I, I know I know Chris and you're, Chris is a very intelligent guy. He probably, he's, He's he's his mind is on levels I can't even think about. But um, it's all smoke and mirrors, man. Right, it's perfect. He's awesome at it. <laughs> but the uh, the Rangers helped you. The Army helped you. That schooling in your masters did that help you? And how did you bring that together to to? I mean, I know I'm skipping a lot, but yeah. to get to where you are now. But was it two separate things? And you had to find a way to meld them together to be the best teacher or the well, best counselor. Yeah, the, the, the intestinal fortitude. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like that was oh, driven in your head over and over again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fortitude. And having to like dig deep in and um, realize that you're pushing through something, right? It's you're, you're pushing towards the greater sure. good. And absolutely, man, like some of those long ass marches and all the things that we had to do. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, like, um, you know, you're, you're, you're I mean, I, I can't, I, I recall several um, trainings in which we're like just, just humping a like you know again like a, a two forty golf and, sure. and all the weight and everything and you're just going and and I love the ones where they never tell you where the end is yeah you know and you just keep going and going and going but you know that you're working towards a goal and so you have to keep that mantra in your head I'm working towards a goal sure. I'm working towards a goal and to be honest like that teaching experience my that was my baptism by fire within education that hasn't been my entire experience but that baptism experience within education. Um, I had to push myself through to realize like, I'm not giving up on these kids. I'm not giving up on this goal and I'm not giving up on the greater good. Okay. Yeah. And uh, now that makes and I would sense. Say that, that was helped. Definitely. Um, Rangering definitely helped, you know, 
fortify that, helped, you know, instill that. Sure. And, and, you know, and, and to say that we didn't have a good squad leader that the Herminator to help push you, push guys through that. We just call, we call him the Herminator. The dude was yeah. rendered out yeah. like a monster there. Um, well, you know, he did end up getting his, when I got, came back there, he was a platoon sergeant. Right. The right. Yeah. But, uh, first, uh, well, Diedrich, you saw always referred to him as Herman Munster. Dietrich. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was funny. So wait, uh, what's what's the um? Because I know there's obviously the overlap. Did you guys go to Ranger School together? I yeah. never. So I never made it to Ranger. I got hurt right before Ranger School. Um, I went. So when and then this is something I always drove me nuts about in battalion is that the long wait to get to school, and especially if you're um, you know in a weapon squad, yeah, it's a longer wait to get to school. Um, and then, um, I burned in on a jump and, uh, dislocated both my patellas, fractured my femur, uh, ruptured a disc in my back, uh, tried to push through and, you know, your, your, your buddy you just referred to gave me so much shit. Well, yeah, the Herminator didn't, he... He's a, did he live at home with his mom or then no. he moved into the barracks? It was something like that, didn't it? It's like, man, this that's right. That's like, man, this dude, I swear he lives at home. Who, North, He's North, from Oregon. Northcut yeah. used to say that all the time. It's like, man, I swear that guy lives at home with his bar- He lives at home with his mom and he just has this room in the barracks. Uh, he, he, he remember he was staff sergeant and still living in the barracks. That's right. Staff that's sergeant still living in the barracks. Um, he, hey, he was saving money, man. Yeah, he does. He he still was, you know, and, and it's ironic because that's how he ended up getting hurt and getting out of. I don't know if he eventually he got out of the army. Hurt on a fast rope accident. Actually, it was in in Germany. He yeah, he, he it was a uh, he burned in and broke his broke his hip or something like that. It was and then and then I believe he ended up at the University of Washington. That that's what isn't it? It's the weirdest R-O-T-C. thing. ROTC, R- yep, ROTC instructor. But, um, yeah, you know, I, tell a little bit about because I, I remember that. And even though I was getting starting to leave at the time um, with and we can discuss my shit. I don't, I don't know if we, we can wait till your show. We'll discuss my shit on your show um, where I totally screwed up. But, um, you know, at the time, though, I, I do remember. Yeah, it was it was tough. Our squad had a lot of guys that, that weren't going to school at the time. It, no, because like a few dudes were were recycling. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So we had two like um furnace recycle furnace, that's right. Yeah. Um a couple other guys were recycling. Um was it Prosser? Prosser, I think Prosser they Lidner. Didn't Lidner was Lidner was after me, so Lidner would have gone after me. Okay. Prosser I Prosser referred to it, I think, as a vacation. Yeah, is, he, did, he recycled or kept recycling in Florida phase or something. Just oh. wanted to hang out, hang out and get fat at the game. Right. He bar. said, it, yeah, I remember yeah. him saying, like, oh, it was a vacation. Right? <laughs> oh, shit. But, um, I mean, again, like in, 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 in battalion, it's go, go, go. <laughs> like, and I've heard a few guys say Ranger School is kind of a break because they get to stay. Yeah. There's guys that do that. I remember that stayed back and didn't want to go back to battalion because they were, they got to hang out. I got to hang out, especially Florida. The swamp phase, that was the best place to hang out. I just got to hang out there. Um, but when you get – I knew you were going to get an education. You wanted to do that. You could just tell that was your mind – me, personally. It's like, man, that yeah, this guy, he's way on another level. He's going to go be teaching college rocket surgery science somewhere one of these days. Um, <laughs> but 
when when you got into that, it, I mean, and you started, did what did you know? Hey, this is where I need to be, or were like this was just a stepping stone to? Did you want to go to the higher education, the the the, the college level? Because you you have that mindset. You you could be a tremendous college professor if you wanted to be. I um, I, I did teach briefly at uh, Seattle U. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say that my um, experience while in battalion um, really, especially after getting hurt um, and realizing, okay, this career is over, um, kind of hard to do it with, you know, a ruptured disc in your back. And, sure. Um, which I'm still dealing with uh, and still have like, like I, I have no feeling in my left foot. Wow. Uh, Per, um, the pain's not as bad, but that's thankfully due, due to um, yoga and keeping myself trim and fit. And <laughs> whenever I gain weight, like it's kind of a, to some degree, it's kind of better, good because whenever I gain weight, I, I learn about it real fast because I start getting pain. Um, wow. So keep myself thin. Um, but after that experience and, and experiencing, you know, the, the trauma of falling out of an airplane and yeah. bouncing off a tarmac. Um, while being fully loaded, you know, with, um, I'm like my, my, um, was it the 1950, the bat? Um, it's been a long, that's a long, that's a reach. That is, geez, that is a lot. (laughs) That's Um, a long ass time. Um, thinking back about that, like it was overpacked. Like they, they pushed in like well over, like, it was like almost like a crazy amount, ridiculous amount of rounds. And I remember saying to the guys, like, hey, this doesn't work. And they're like, shut up, Dicos, just do it. I'm like, all right, all right, cool, I'll do it. Exit the plane, hit the door, rotate, um, actually get, like, a cigarette roll. Yeah. Of a wow. Parachute. Yeah, wow. Um, undo that, like, just pull, just doing the bicycle pumps, right? Trying to pull that open, try to pull that open. Land it on top of somebody else's parachute, run off that parachute, jump off that. Like, the, the, I don't know if you ever experienced that. Yeah, yeah. Bizarre experience when you're running off somebody else's parachute. <laughs> and then literally, like, landed right on the tarmac. And that ended up being about the free fall for that was maybe like 100 feet. Wow. And how old were you when this happened? 26. Yeah. And so you've, you've been living with this pain ever since. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but, but that experience and having to deal with that and having to deal with that, you know, it's, it's a traumatic experience, um, having to deal with a few of the things that we've done, um, going through that, um, I went through some counseling just to kind of clear it up. Um, I know some guys may scoff at going to counseling. Um, if anything, I learned more skills for myself on how to be a more resilient individual, um, but from that experience, I realized, okay, well, there's a lot of skills to learn about within mental health. And that's what drove me into education, really. So okay. it wasn't just service. I'm sorry, there's a long ways to get there. No, this, um, no, this is great. But, yeah. But it's not just about like from that, you know, military service perspective. It was also about the things I was learning along the way that I wanted to impart as well. And so going through counseling and understanding like, you know, what is the function of this behavior or why am I having this perseverating thought and actually how to control it. It's not about sitting there and blaming everybody or yeah. feeling bad about yourself. It was more about learning, okay, so when I'm starting to have these dis- dis- distorted thinking, um, how, how can I actually improve that and actually have a more fulfilling life? Um, yeah. Myself, some, you know, sometimes like, I don't have my, like, have my back to the door. 
Like I know a lot of vets that don't like to have their back to the door for a lot of good reasons. Um, And well, how do you control that? How do you make sure you can live with that? How do you make sure it doesn't start impeding on your experience and day-to-day life? And so through that, um, that's why I got into like helping kids with behavior disorders. Um, That's why I got into uh, digging deeper into um, educational psychology. Um, I ended up getting a degree in ed psychology and I learned a lot about CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, which I would highly recommend for everybody listening just day to day. It's not about like you had to have some trauma. Just CBT is just a good skill. Um, I refer to it as like egalitarian psychology. It's things that we all should have skills at. And I can tell you like my, I'm on my third marriage. And uh, after all that, this is the best marriage I've ever had because I'm learning, I'm using these skills in my relationship. See, and that's, that's where I, and you and I talked about this. I think I was in Florida when we called and we were talking yeah. to you about how, how there shouldn't be. And I, I don't think there's as much of a stigma now as there was probably back when we were in. Oh, there was a with, definitely a stigma when we were in. <laughs> with, but with, with the, uh, yeah, with the, uh, with, with counseling and yeah, going yeah. and getting, I, and that's, that's the beauty of, more veterans speaking out and not saying, Hey man, and, and talking about it, talking right. about them talking to other people. Right. And, and cause I, I'm a big proponent at that. I'm like, yeah, definitely. If you feel like you need to talk to them, go talk to somebody and go talk to a counselor, go talk to a professional. And every once in a while, talk to your boys too. But right. I said, also, I said, do you, do you think that you have, you still need to put get away from that group think mentality as well, where you're talking to the boys all the time and get to somebody who's a, that's a partial. That's, that's not somebody that's going to be, yes, yes, yes. This is exactly what you need to be thinking that they may question what you're needing to hear. They're going to question what you might be thinking you need to hear. And, uh, you know, counseling helped me to a point. I I, I enjoyed going to it. And then there was a point where it was like, okay, this isn't going to help anymore. My family's going to help me. Let me start talking to my wife. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's where the speeches started to get better. When I started to talk, because I wasn't angry anymore. It's like, wait a second. My gosh, I'm not angry at what's going on in my life or what took place. I'm figuring out, okay, this was the reason these things happened. Ah, that makes sense now. Now I can be happy because this is helping me grow. All these things that I'd gone through is now making me a better person where I can have that opportunity to be better at the far end. Yeah. You're a veteran, you're having issues, go go talk to somebody. It's going to help you in the long run because you're going to figure out that all these negatives that you thought were negatives, they were just stepping stones to help you get stronger and get better and learn. So either you don't replicate the same mistake or you wait, wait, this is an understanding. I understand why I went through this now. It's to help somebody else out. But it also, damn, it's made me stronger. And yeah, it's made absolutely. me happier. Yeah. yeah. And thoughts are just thoughts, man. Like the narrative in our head. Yeah. Yeah. They're just thoughts. They're not, that doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. And when you're talking about the stigma of uh, mental health, I mean, not just in the military, yeah. in general, the st- it, it has been destigmatized, which is a great thing. Uh, I've referred to this on the show before, I think, but I read uh, Buzz Aldrin's book, Magnificent Desolation, oh, yeah. which was great because he spoke, I don't think people would really understand what he spoke about was after he landed on the moon, was one of the first men to land on the moon, I think in his 30s, maybe it might have been early 30s. He came home and he started drinking more and he started becoming more and more depressed. And he was like, how do I ever top that? This was the highlight of my life. And right. he was in bed all day and he came out publicly and he said in speeches to people, yeah, I struggle with depression. I struggle with alcoholism. And at that time, 
the people who are handling him were saying like, this is going to destroy your career. Like, don't talk about this publicly. And I think now it's okay to talk about this. Yeah. And I, I think that parallel as well, because how many guys um, who were in battalion, that that was the peak. That was peak. exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and it's a big peak. <laughs> yeah. So wait, but, but you're 30. Yeah. 35 are done. <laughs> yeah. Long life in front of you. And using that, the guys that have been able to use that as just an experience to continue to get better and become successful in business or successful, I I see my success better as a father and a husband more than anything, not just business, just, man, I'm my best father and husband person I've ever been in my life. A lot of that's attributed to the screw ups I've been through, but also, man, the intestinal fortitude and the willingness to, to continue to press on when things got difficult, which I mean, I learned that from battalion. I learned that yeah. the first time I was in. I mean, my my experience at battalion was a complete failure when I was with you. It right. wasn't because of you. It was because I I failed. I screwed up. I I, I, I was even, I was I was reflecting on this, Chris, and I don't think you failed. I think you had so much shit going on. Yeah. Outside of battalion, oh, it was humongous. No, it was, right? It, like it was monstrous. It's just, and as you're saying, the the stigma, especially back then, of Shut, shut up and don't talk about your feelings. I don't want to hear yeah. my feelings. Yeah. Right. Like that, that's completely the attitude then. Um, I don't know if you remember, I, I'm, were you, I'm not sure if you, what, we went down to Panama and, and a bit, a little bit of central. You guys went down there. No, yeah, yeah, no, I, no. Yeah. You guys went down to, to, yeah, did the Ecuador, South America, Panama thing. I didn't go on that one. Yeah. And we came, um, came back and it was just, Put your weapons away and go home. <laughs> like <laughs> inventory, clean your weapons, put them away. Nobody talk. <laughs> like, and I and just that, remember a few of our buddies, um, a few that you've mentioned, yeah, drinking heavily and heavily yeah. for a while after that, and just looking at like, and I'm sitting there thinking, how like just understand like how combat ready are we right now? Like how. <laughs> Like, yeah, dudes are fucked up right now, mentally, emotionally, they're pounding the alcohol, they're, you know, marriages aren't going well, like, yeah, because of this, and because we're not allowed to talk about things, how's that helping us out to get through all this? And I'm not suggesting that you reveal anything and share intel or anything like that, but it's like, you should be able to at least debrief (laughs) (laughs) instead of just bury it down and, and just drive on. Well, I th- wasn't, and I don't know if they do more. So I'm sure they do, but I, I, I hear I they think, are. Now. I, th- I think they learned learned from it over yeah. many, many, many years, and yeah. um, it, it it does help. That's why you do have the debrief when you come back now. But I think that's well, why a lot of go ahead, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. All right, I, I was going to say, like my my son's serving right now. And- oh, we're gonna we're gonna get in that. Yeah, I was wanted to ask you because all this going on, and then your your son is with group. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, and I, I, I trust me. I, I like it as he was saying. Like you have to dig in to learn about my history, and I never advocated like, "Hey, man, go join the army." And uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I uh, when he graduated high school, I was saying, "Hey, you know, you're." I think it's kind of crazy at eighteen that we're supposed to decide what we want to do with our lives, and if you don't want to go to college immediately, that's cool. Go have some life experience. Um, I recommended joining the Merchant Marines. We're here in Seattle, right? Like, go go see the world and join the Merchant Marines, man. 
he comes back from there and says like, you know, that was boring as hell. I was like, Oh, <laughs> um, well, what do you want to do? I'm going to go join the army. He's like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and he joined the same time uh, Brad's son did. Wow. Yeah. So Brad, Brad, Brad's son and my son were born around the same time, same squad. For, for the audience, who are you referring to? Uh, Brad Norcutt. Okay. Brad Norco was he, he he was in our squad too. Um another one that I don't think he ever did go to school, did he? He ended he he yeah, left he and went, yeah, he went to did he end up he going to school? Okay. Yeah, he has he's got the tower of power. Okay, okay. I thought he would I knew it was taking him forever to, to get it done. And yeah, um yeah. okay, cool. All right, all right. Yeah. He went to SF and and um That's right. Uh finished off his career there. Um at least did 20. If not more. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. he stayed in there. You know what I wanted to ask you about? I was just thinking, because one of the recent um, Rangers we had on was Dale Sizemore. And uh, he talked a lot about, and he, he the way he said it, 90s Rangers, like pre-9-11. Did, was it strange to to be done with your service in 98 and then a few years later, 9-11 happens and, you know, you are a guy who's all about service. Was there a feeling in your head yeah. like, man, I should still be in here. Yeah, I yeah. should be in the yeah, action. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, part. I mean, yeah, absolutely, and also just the uh, the 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 machismo curiosity as well. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I watching watching guys I knew go, you know, surely parachute right in the F, getting secure in the airfield, and uh, yeah, um, seeing a few names that we um, lost, um, yeah at the battle of Tora Bora and uh, yeah. a few other places. Um, that was, that was hard. That was really hard. Um, how, how did, how did you, how did you, I mean, what did you, what, how did you stop yourself from, because a lot of guys did, how'd you stop yourself from going, okay, screw this. I'm going back in. I mean, what was your, was it, were, were you able to, <laughs> Oh, well that, I guess that helps. So you did <laughs> like my spine was, my was spine broken. was compressed. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I went from five eleven to five foot six. I couldn't. I right. Right. Stop. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. I got a medical discharge. They weren't going to bring me back in. That's true. Now you I forgot. I, Man, I got I, I, get, I get the monthly check to, sh- to prove it. You know, like we have a CBD sponsor on this show, Ned, uh, which we love. And, and, <laughs> and a lot of guys that we've had on the podcast talk about how not just CBD, like mm, marijuana yeah. has helped them. And and then in, in, you know, what some people might say, you're even crazier. Uh, we've had guys like Leo Jenkins on who have said, yeah, I've tried psilocybin mushroom, yeah. and stuff like that. And it's helped me. And from what I've seen. Look, I've never experimented with uh, anything beyond marijuana. I've never done mushrooms or anything, but I always feel like if this is helping guys, that's great because I know those aren't the drugs that are killing people. It's the drugs that more often the VA is prescribing I, that is yeah. killing rangers and killing seals and and all these great guys who serve. I'd much rather hear somebody's taking psilocybin to deal, you know, with PTSD than drinking alcohol. Yeah. Cause that's usually what it goes to. It goes to the heart. It's know, usually guys, alcohol, which does the, it's a depressant. <laughs> it's yeah. it, um, psilocybin's breaking down my, the myelination of some of these perseverating thoughts, myelination being so, um, so we have neurological pathways in our brain. Like basically there's, there's actual, like, it's weird to think that there's actual physiology to our thoughts and behaviors in our brain. Right. Sure. And so we have these neural pathways that are kind of like, um, 
when we do certain behaviors, um, we, we build more and more of those neural pathways, which start to become myelinated. So I like to always refer to it as when we go hiking in the woods, what do you do? You go down the trail you see. You don't bust out a machete and start creating your own trail, right? Unless you're a ranger battalion. I was about to say that. Exactly. Unless you're some nut job ranger who wants to go straight up the hill, right? You know, get tracking back and forth, right? We're just going um, so, but, you know, so that's the path we usually go down, right? Is the one that we see. It's beaten down its path. Well, that's that myelination on those thoughts and behaviors, which make it what we refer to as like automatic thought or like uh, muscle memory. And that psilocybin helps my break down that myelination of some of those really unhealthy thoughts and patterns. Uh, and so that's what helps with the dealing with, uh, dealing with the PTSD. Sure. It's lowering it as well as you're ideally going through counseling to help build new pathways during that process. So it's not that you just take psilocybin, right? It's not that you go out and take like a bunch of mushrooms and LSD and say, I'm cured. <laughs> I mean, the spirit world. Spirit <laughs> it needs world. to be a controlled process in which you're actually getting the counseling to help replace those thoughts and behaviors. Um, and psilocybin has been proven to really do that well. Um, CBD, lowering inflammation of any pain that you're experiencing. And, and that, um, man, so I, I'm a big proponent of CBD. Uh, yeah. Inflammation, it, it just crushes. It just takes it takes it all out, man. It's fantastic stuff. I'll go ahead and plug another product that you guys uh, refer to. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead. Right, yeah. <laughs> I love collagen. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, and we have a collagen sponsor as well. So yeah. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. uh, yeah, collagen. Naturals, collagen. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And, and uh, yeah, because I just hear Chris talk about it and veterans that, we, that we've had on talk about how and, and I don't want to paint the whole VA like this because I know the VA does great stuff, but there are those guys who go to the VA and no matter what their problem is, they say, take these pills. And yep. sometimes the pills have listed right on them that suicide is a possible side effect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that makes no sense. It made sense to me. And I was on pills for a long time, too, um, uh, because of pain or just mental whatever. And um, no, it, it, it definitely helped me to get off of and and cbd is something a daily thing i'll take two or three times a day if even necessary but it's not even just the mental mental stability that gives you right it's the inflammation right it's the, the, the it takes it it takes that having a chronic pain every day obviously you know you know that it's mentally taxing in itself you just i just don't want to feel hurt anymore it's like god i just want to get up and go play catch with my kid i don't want to be feeling like i'm a feel like I'm a tin man caught out in the rainstorm where everything's starting to tighten up. So uh, yeah. it's, it's huge. It's huge. Um, you mentioned, and I wanted to talk about, cause we did talk about in Florida and I didn't get into it a whole bunch, but uh, CPT. He's got this behavioral therapy. All right. CBs, Charlie. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. Go, go into that a little Charlie bit. Bravo Tango. Go, yeah. Go, go into that Charlie Bravo Tango stuff <laughs> I, I want I, edu educate us educate us dumb people out there a little bit on what that is because i got it and i was really interested in it um and, yeah so cognitive behavioral therapy is um referred to often as a gold standard approach of changing behavior okay and one of the one of the one of the approaches is one that you have to start to understand what the function of your behavior is and um, which is actually a book that I'm working on um, for. Some yeah, you were telling me that you have a book that you're doing on this subject, which is why, you know, you've been talking about it. You're passionate about it. Right. And so 
cognitive behavioral therapy kind of like helps you start to understand one, the sessions usually are, so a, a CBT session would be kind of a daily check-in, like a check-in for the week. Like, how'd your week go? Tell me your other things you were doing. And then we may talk about like, oh, that's an interesting experience you had. You're talking maybe about like my wife and I got an argument because of whatever, whatever, right? Well, let's, let's unpack that. Let's figure out. So why did you react that way when she said this or that? And you start like unpacking about, oh, so it's really not about what was just said. It's because it's bringing up this memory of this, this, and then this. And so you're starting to understand the function of that behavior in that moment. So say a better example, maybe um, you, 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 know, you, you realize that work that you just get pissed off and triggered about whatever, whenever you see somebody show up or you're reminded of something and it's just like you're immediately <laughs> in a bad mood, right? And you start reacting. And so understanding like what is the function of why I'm doing this and so in that process, there's also an educational component. So like just now I started talking about neuro, neurological pathways, right, and myelination. Well, that may be part of that session to explain like why neurologically you're responding this way. The goal of it also is to find like a replacement behavior that you can focus on. So instead of uh, telling this person to F off whenever I see them because I can't stand them, um, I'm just going to, you know, replace it with X, Y, or Z, which is... I'm not even going to engage with that person or I'm choosing to healthily, you know, engage with this person. I'm not giving a really good example here. Um, <laughs> but the goal being that cognitive behavioral therapy gets into, um, it's an educational approach within therapy. It's not a, it's not a lay around session about blaming your parents that you had a terrible childhood and blah, blah, blah. I blame my parents for everything. It's more about, okay, well, if you did have a terrible childhood, well, you had this deficit, right? You had this security deficit. You had maybe, unfortunately, your parents maybe weren't financially stable. And so you had an instability of your basic needs, your your um, Maslow hierarchy, which is your Maslow needs are, you know, that you need to have security, you need to have food and safety, you need to have um, nurture and love. And so, it's not about blaming the parents. It's about blame, looking at the experience and understanding this is why I behave this way. And so you start to un- understand that all behaviors have a history to them. It's not just automatic thought. It's not just automatic responses. It's understanding how your behaviors were developed and then ideally how you can adjust them. We're not static, right? Like our brains aren't static. We're not just stuck with what we get. It's We can actually... Um, improve it. Um, we can change our behaviors. Um, personalities aren't static either. Like your personality, you may like these personality tests, in my opinion, are complete BS. <laughs> like if you ever take a personality test, you're talking uh, about like the IMFJ, IMT, yeah, those yeah, type of yeah, things where it's, it, and it's what, like introvert and yeah, extrovert, I, which is interesting and, to hear because I, when I did one of those, I, I said, this is entirely me. I, I, I thought it now, totally matched me. In this moment. Sure, sure. In that moment, right? So it's not static, right? It can so 10 years from now, take that test again and see what it says. Um, that could be true. Cause you know what I noticed during this pandemic, and I don't know if you noticed this too. I always think of myself as an introvert. I like to do things by myself. I don't need to be around people all the time. But when we were in that state for a few months of lockdown where you couldn't go anywhere, it was like, man, I miss just like having a conversation with a random person at a Starbucks. I need some element right. of that of that outgoing nature in my life. Right. 
And so, and so, um, you know, like it'd be interesting if you take that test now and see what it says. And again, like, I, you know, when I'm saying they're BS, it's, it's not completely right. There's some value to them because it's in that moment. Okay. But again, like understanding that our, and so part of CBT is also understand that we are constantly personalities are changing. Our behaviors are changing. We're not static. There's plasticity to our brain, which means that we can actually create new pathways. So as I was talking about like the psilocybin, right? So it's kind of an approach of, well, CBT is also, um, and CBT coupled with something like psilocybin would be amazing. I don't, I haven't seen any studies, but I would be interested to see the results of those studies because it seems like two very interesting ways to actually change behavior. And it's not like people are engineering and messing with you and making you, it's, this is driven by you. You are deciding, okay, this is what I am seeking to do. This is what I want to replace. This is what I want to replace when I'm leaning on, you know, this bad habit of mine. Um, This is why I'm smoking, right? Like the best thing for smoking actually is, I believe, um, hypnosis, but like CBT and hypnosis, well, CBT may help you understand why you're leaning on that habit, right? Like why you are in stressful moments. Okay. I need to get out of here and just go get a cigarette. Like, why are you, is it an avoidance behavior? Um, is it, what, what is it? Is it a gain or avoid behavior? So is this, is this being used right now as far as you know, or maybe you don't know? Oh, CBT is everywhere. Yeah. Being, and is it forefront in, in the, uh, in the veterans community? I mean, is that what's going to be if they, but uh, okay. Because it is important. I think we do get a lot of veterans that listen that are having self-destructive behavior and how they can fix it. And sometimes just listening to the show. Um, But if not, then search out any recommendation from Dr. Dykos here. I'm going to call you Dr. Dykos. (laughs) But um, I'm I'm, I'm all but my dissertation. Gotcha. Right there. Um, Almost. Would you search? Would you recommend to search something if you wanted to find a counselor or or yeah, a- I, I mean, if I, I guarantee you, uh, I, I moment, forget the guarantee part. Um, I would, I suspect if you call the VA helpline um, and ask, like, who practices CBT or um, who within, like, I, 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 I would be surprised if there aren't people on staff who practice CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. Um, it's good to know because I, from what you're saying and what what's resonating with me too is that I um I, I think when people don't start to explore these parts of themselves, they tell themselves a narrative about themselves that kind of sticks forever. Yeah, Th- this is way outside the veteran community, but before my grandma died, she was telling me about her sister, and you know these are women in their 90s, and she's saying mom always treated you better and you were always favored. And in my head, I was like, I can't believe like this is a narrative that is stuck with you from probably the age of five to 95. And I think unless people fix their shit, as you would say, like you could be stuck in this same mentality forever and never evolve out of it. Yeah. That's, and, and again, like it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It yeah. really doesn't. It doesn't have to be that way. And again, like being stuck in some of the experiences that, you know, some of us have experienced, you don't have to live there. Um, yeah. You can definitely push beyond that. And it doesn't mean you have to forget about it. Like you're not going to, you're never going to forget about it. The question is how impactful is it on your day-to-day life? 
And right. to some degree, I'm not saying it's a choice, but to, but we have the ability to shift that completely on like with with what we have neurologically. We can make that shift. We just need to have the skills and tools to actually do that. And it is a skill development. It is a skill development to be able to stop yourself and say, "All right, I'm in, I'm starting to engage in this behavior again. I'm going to I'm going to pause. I'm going to step back." And that goes through understanding like what is the antecedent? Like what, what, what is leading up to what, what's bringing me to this, right? What, what am I carrying into this event? What triggered that? What is the behavior I'm engaging when after being triggered by X, Y, or Z? And is it being reinforced? Is it healthy? Is it serving like, and it, and it can be reinforced in an unhealthy way as well, right? If it serves a pump function of gain or avoid. So if, if I, if I'm feeling threatened and I just, rage and scream and yell and move and walk out or yell at everybody so that everybody leaves the room. Well, it served a function. I got everybody to leave the room because I was feeling threatened or I was feeling trapped in this moment, or I'm reliving something that I'm being provoked by something in front of me and I rage at it and it goes away. Well, that works, right? It's not healthy, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. It works to get people out of the room. It works to get whatever, threat I see away from me, but it's not a very fun way to live. No, being angry. A lot of guys do. I, I, right. you know, it's, what's funny looking back for me, looking back at, cause Chris and, and like I said, Andrew Lidner and, and, yeah. and all the guy, all those guys, when I went through my shit and I got thrown out of the military because I was an idiot, tried to kill myself, tried to kill a guy that anyway, that was screwing around with my, with my ex I really was worried when I got thrown back into the barracks. That was the right. best thing for me. I mean, it was awesome, but I was worried that I was like, holy shit, these guys are going to see me as a complete failure. I'm a total screw up right now. I'm showing weakness that I'm showing weakness to the nth degree that I am. And um, I don't really, I can't really say for the Herminator because <laughs> he kind of stood through, but you know, it was you. I, they threw me in Choi's room. I was in Choi's room, yeah. And Lidner was across the way. You, you were there. Um, granted, you you lived off post, but you were able to come back. And I saw that that you guys helping me, looking back at it now, rebuild those thoughts I had of what what an alpha male was. What right, right. What what we were, and it wasn't that you guys shit on me at all. It was almost like y'all just kind of. All right, hey fucker, we got you. All right, all right, get your shit together. But we got you, right. and it wasn't. It, it was such an awesome feeling because it was of. It, it was completely opposite of thought. Of, I thought what I was going to get, which was you're a fucking weak piece of shit. Get out of here. It was complete. It was like no, 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 no. Get up, get up. Let's keep going. And it was amazing. And you know, um, it did help me down the line, help me come back in. It helped me make that decision. Like, okay, I'm going to go back in and do it all over again and, and finish what I started. But that was what was amazing to me at that time. Cause it would, that, that could have went completely opposite. If you guys would have went the opposite direction for me, it was, I was at such the weakest point in my life. And the best thing that could have happened to me was me to get put in the barracks surrounded by, by all you guys. And you really, y'all protected, you protected me from all those damn Tazbek force too. <laughs> it, was a, it, it was a great feeling to feel that you guys wanted to see me get better when it, I didn't think I was going to get that. And That's really, awesome, I, yeah, I, 
that's why that seems no dude you 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 have guys have no idea uh, unbelievably how it just blew my mind of and how awesome you know i, I that's why you know i had bad days as a ranger battalion i've had my uh, you know i had my shit shows getting smoked up qualifying on tree getting screwed up screwed for no reason i mean literally right. at, a in the hallway for no fucking reason right but that right there was why i always talk well about ranger battalion that incident right there is like dude it doesn't matter how bad it gets. They're still going to pick you up. They're still going to say, Hey, get up. Let's, let's keep going forward. We're going to keep forward together. You're going to get better. Stop. And it may get some tough life. Stop being a puss, get up. Right. Stop. We, but we're going to do this together. And it was, it was awesome. Yeah. I, I, that's why. Like right. That's the camaraderie. Like that's the camaraderie yeah. and the, uh, of that shared experience, right? That shared experience. Yeah. I think, um, makes like the connections even deeper no matter what right yeah. like no matter what our backgrounds are you know no matter what our political affiliations are it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. it doesn't it matter doesn't. we have that shared experience and that forever right like and that 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 carries on forever i mean you and i didn't speak to each other I mean, Dude, not, t- it, it was by choice right like uh, we just lost touch um, but, but when, when was the call? It was, it had it was 12 years. It was like, I mean, when we talked in what? Florida, we hadn't talked in, no, we were years. talking decades. Yes. Yeah. Like, and it was immediately like, we just picked it up from yeah. where we left off, man. And, um, it was funny. Like my son, um, brought it up like, Hey, do you got this guy, Chris Pirano? Uh, <laughs> you know, man, that sounds familiar. <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, I because I, I'm totally, like, I don't, I don't really, I'm like, you guys mentioned, like I've moved, like, I, I don't follow yeah, military, you know, um, I don't know, culture, so to speak. Yeah. Like vet, vet bro culture. Yeah. Vet bro culture. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and People are shocked when they find out like, what? You were in second range. Yeah. 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 I thought you were a geek. All right. So, um, but I mean, my, my son brought it up and immediately picked it up right away and and uh, reached out to you and immediately picked it up from there. And again, that's because of that shared experience of that um, camaraderie within that unit. And I think there needs to be more of that. I think that service, not necessarily everybody's serving the Ranger Battalion, but I think service needs to be part of our, our um, you know requirements of citizenship, like yeah, some degree of service. If you I, want to be a citizen, you need to be serving at least for two years or whatever. I, I agree. I being able to give of yourself, it, it takes, it's hard Sacrifice. to do, yeah. especially when you don't, when you're, man, uh, when you don't really know how to serve, you don't really know how to give of yourself. And and then you finally figure it out um, either by you figuring it out because you just have that great personality that you're able to do that or, like myself, see, falling on my face and then watching other people do it for me. Like, right. Oh my gosh. All right. Yeah. This, this is what it means. So humility. Uh, yeah, right? it is humility. Oh yeah. That humbled the shit out of me. And that's, humbled that's what, that's what I love with, with, you know, Chris and I also be able to talk and, you know, E and I don't, we, we, that's why we don't do politics on the show. We don't get into all that because, and honestly, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I hate it. I, I got in the middle. I know how I know what it is behind those curtains. And it's it's the shit show back there. There's not nothing good about it. Yeah. Um, 
and you forget and you lose friendships over it. And it, it's, it's like, Oh yeah. No, it's, it's sad. Um, yeah. especially after the past four years of like the schism. Well, so well, lost, yeah. Well, how, that's what I was, is, is your son being in and do, do you guys ever talk about it all? Or do you guys keep it out of the, out of the family dinner night and family night? Dinners, winter? What, what, what component? What, what, like, yeah. Well, with the military in itself and <laughs> how do you, oh, yeah. Like I, I definitely talk about, <laughs> you know, especially helping him get through what he's going through right now. He's with third group and, um, um, really happy. He's been gone for seven and a half, going on seven, maybe eight years, seven. Yeah. He, he shot me. Uh, he, Fort Lewis. he shot. Holy crap. Wait, third. So he's going back to first group or is third group he's getting back a, to first group. Okay. So he'll be at first group. Um, so we we're excited cause we haven't seen him in about, you know, we've seen him, but he hasn't lived in our area for like seven years. Sure. So excited to have him back here, but yeah, we definitely talk about it. Um, help advise him the politics and how to navigate all that. And he's doing great. Yeah. That's the best thing. Yeah. You know, that was just a weird time though. It wasn't a lot of guys were getting to go. That was so weird about second battalion and compared to where I went in the second time when I came back, guys were going to school. I mean, you know, it was like, we were going to have to wait two years and that was just sucks. Like, Oh my God, I got to be a fucking, I got to suck it up for two years and two years. Jerk I off, smoke me, and you know, because, yeah. but the second time I went in, I mean, guys were going to school. It was like a machine. And I, I go ahead. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all good. Go, yeah. I, I was talking to a buddy um, from when I was went to William Mary, and a guy who was there. His name was Will Guild. Um, pretty well known seal. Um, going back into the eighties when he was a seal, up to I think the early mid two thousands. Um, he was always like, I came back to William Mary after getting through rip and all that. And, yeah. and, um, and he was la he was kind of a, not laughing, but he, he thought it was absurd that we didn't go straight to ranger school. <laughs> so <not>. like, seals, <laughs> right, go straight through yeah. before they even show up, they go through buds and all that. And they yeah. you know, show up all accredited. Right. And so he just thought that was the most absurd thing that it's held in front of us like a uh, like a carrot, right? It is on the mule, yeah. Um, to keep going and going and going, like someday you'll get to suck it up through ranger school as well, you know? Right? Like <laughs> this is a goal for you, like to keep dealing with this nonsense until you get to there. Uh, I, um, I, so I, it's I, good to hear that they don't that guys are going through quicker. Um, and uh, yeah, it's but there also seems to be a lot more slots now. <laughs> yeah, the slot slots would definitely help out. I I I think I was only there for uh, when I came back. You know, I was still untabbed and I was still a uh, total private. Uh, but I think I only had to wait two months, two months, and I was psh, oh. and, and and I was gone and I was like got knocked it out, came back and then just continued to basically. It, it really was. It was like I I was like okay, I, I'm I'm picking up where I where I fell out, where I fell off the horse a little bit, but it was amazing. Now I, it, it was a tremendous, and that's why I use when I talk, I use that experience about really how failing and I, I put it in air quotes, failing was just a step towards success. It really was. It was, it was just, okay. man, you fell down and figured it out and it just got me stronger and it was easier. This And it was the second time I was in, it was a cake. It was, a, it was like, man, I can, I, we went through. Failure's not a negative thing. Never. 
No, right. And I, and I, and I mean, I wish there was another word for it, right? Because failure has that connotation that we all like think of negative. But yeah, yeah. You, what did you? So you went through that experience. It didn't work out as you expected. Okay, so what can I learn from that? What can I adjust from that? Okay, now I can succeed, or and I'm going to be wiser in that process. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, it's like the mantra of Silicon Valley, right? Like it's yeah. The guys, I talk to from there, like you know, part of the you know, it's it's part of the mantra there and. Often it's kind of like in meetings, like, oh, what did you fail at? Right. <laughs> it's like, what didn't I fail at? Right. Dude, well, but, right? But again, like you tried this app, right? Did it work out? What did you learn? How can you improve it? Sure. And how can we learn from that as well so that we don't make the same mistakes along the way? No, that's exactly right. Yeah. And and it it does. It just makes it makes it that much easier though, too, as long as you learn from it. I, as long right. as you get that after action review and you're like, okay, what the hell did I do wrong? All right, I know what I did wrong. I know what I did right. Let's magnify what we're doing right. Let's minimize yeah. what we're doing wrong, and let's continue to move forward. And right. it was it was a hell of an yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, man. I so go go ahead, Ian. I know I could tell you're you're, you're chomping, man. You're at the bit to ask. No, no. I was just gonna <laughs> say. I I mean, I think a lot of people are gonna get something out of this. I, I think it's gonna get people I, thinking if they're going through something. I think um, it's something. And I, out of I, <laughs> oh no, they absolutely will. I, and I know, um, I know you have to hop on a call at some point, Chris. So I do, I do want yeah. to make sure that we get to just like, <laughs> what is Continua Consulting for people who oh, want yeah. to know? Oh, sure. Um, so my my wife and I were, um, so I was an assistant principal. My wife was a director. Wait, you were this? You were? I didn't know that. You were the assistant yeah, yeah, principal. Was, yeah, the middle Holy, school. Holy crap! You were the yeah. you were the boss. Did you like walk around with the? <laughs> jo- What's with crazy, crazy Joe and the bat and whatever you had. Oh my gosh. That's nuts. I can't believe you're in Walking charge. Always. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But so we, so, um, we started, um, our consulting company together. So my wife and I have this consulting awesome. company together and we help school districts, um, understand how to set up, um, um, it, what's known as a multi-tiered system of support, which is a three-tiered system on academic and behavioral interventions and help school systems figure that out. But part of that process within the behavioral um, is back leading back towards the psychological components, which, again, I refer to as egalitarian psychology. So when I say egalitarian psychology, I mean that we all need tools to deal with day-to-day life. And some of those are very common sense. But it's good to know what that common sense is and why it works. And so we help school systems with that, but we also help them with their leadership. So my wife's an amazing um, consultant on on um, educational leadership. Um, that's not where I am. I'm more in the psych world. Um, she's in let's get shit done world. <laughs> nice theorizing, Chris. How do we get it? <laughs> and so um, we help school systems with that. Um, we work... Um, California, Washington, um, been uh, in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Maryland. So, okay. doing yeah, it's a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of good work, and and it's uh, making good results. Especially right now, there's a lot like school systems right now are under a lot of pressure. It's incredible. Um, so helping them kind of like guide them through this chaos that we're in right now within our school systems. Yeah. So, so you, and you're done, right? So you're done working actually in the school systems aside. You're just mainly. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 um, 
I viewed the systems as broken and flawed. And so I decided to get out of it and try to repair it from the outside. Okay. I tried to help repair it from the inside and realized that um, unless you're the boss boss, you're not really going to get anything done. Um, certainly not a principal, right? The superintendent is in charge of several principals. Okay. So both of us decided to step out and kind of work from the outside and bring in evidence-based res- you know, practices, which sure. are based off research that I've been involved in at the university level. And um, some of our writings and research help drive what we do as well. That's awesome. And you, get to, and you get to work with your wife all the time now. Yeah, you know, and um, some people may not be excited about that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I think it's made our relationship stronger. Um, and then having to work remotely now. So like, um, here in Seattle, we had during COVID, we had one of the first outbreaks documented, right? So we went in lockdown pretty fast and, uh, working from home on a laptop, you know, not leaving the house together. So, uh, we made that, we got through that. (laughs) I can't tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Exactly. actually, now that we're towards the back, you know, we're getting out of it. I think it's a really good thing. Yeah, that's good. No. Nah. Yeah. And, and you look, you look good, dude. You look. Thanks. You really do. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't think you had a son that age. It's crazy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Continue. Yeah, I know he's it's, old. I can't believe that, man. Yeah. I just can't believe he's that old. He, he shot me a text a, a few months back just to see what was going on. Good kid. Man. He told me he was asking you to give you some dirt on me. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I don't recall, uh, I'm having memory loss right now. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's wrap this up, Ian. Let's go. No, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, you consulting.com. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and also I should throw out there, you have a podcast as well, which is yeah. a schoolhouse talk podcast. Um, I was looking, it's been a while since you've had an episode, but you said that you're going to be doing yeah, some new episodes very soon. Um, the, uh, with uh, Dr. Jordan Thayer will be on our podcast. And, uh, and now the, the other host is um, the Fresh Professor, which is uh, James Miles. See, this that's, is what's so funny. That's though, cool. that, like this podcast, your podcast, not us. It, that's like the polar opposite of a bro vet podcast. <laughs> a psychologist, <laughs> an artist, and then I, an uh, academic ex-ranger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be shocked. I, told, I kept telling this, like, you'd be shocked at... Not every ranger's from the deep south or north Georgia and likes to hunt deer all the time. In fact, when I came in the second time, there was a guy, Sulkin was his name. He was just like you, dude. He was a former, and he had, he had left a school teaching job. He was in his 30s. He had left a school teaching job to come be a ranger. And I was like, man, that's just, this is just like Ranger Dykos. He's well, So I don't know what he's doing now, though. But I'm thinking about people like uh, Sasha Petrasky. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember Sasha. He was an alpha company. Um, he yeah. and I went through a rip together. Um, he from Greenwich Village. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember from Greenwich Village, New York, and and uh, third generation Greenwich Village. Um, his mom worked for um, the Village Voice. Yeah, like, I don't right. know how much more liberal you can get. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And he was with us. Um, Robert Burton, or he's well, Robert Janovich. He was now Robert Burton. He's an actor now. Is Robert Burton? Um, That's oh my gosh. Yeah, he's he awesome. Yeah, so like, they, yeah, plenty of guys. I I would say definitely across the political spectrum is what our unit looked like even back then. Um, I, yeah, I, yeah. 
it's it's always it's a, it's a plethora. It's a plethora of ver of various people from various backgrounds. Definitely. Absolutely, it's called the United States. <laughs> yeah, it is. absolutely. Uh, um, and then this is this is the um, last show that'll be airing before Christmas. So to all the like, listeners, have a great Christmas. Um, you'll probably Chris do like uh, I've done it on Facebook before, like your top five Christmas movies or that type of oh. thing. Chris, Chris is I'm because we're saying Peranto. I know you're all about Christmas, so yeah. got to throw that in there. Oh yeah, we're gonna do top five Christmas movies right now. Or no, 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 I just know okay. that you've done it. unless you unless you want to do it real quick before. No, I, I have to think about this. I have to Die think Hard about it this year. Die Hard is always always at the, <laughs> near the top. Always. I remember that you said like Polar Express was on there. I love oh, oh you know, no. Polar Ex- Oh yes, I love Polar. Don't you hate my Polar Express, dude? Don't you hate my? Don't you hate me, me, me being a little kid every once in a while? I get a regress <laughs> back to my child. Elf is awesome. No, I love Elf, Elf all is the awesome. Way. Not gonna lie, with Arnold and Sinbad. It's when Sinbad and Arnold are start fighting. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I kind of like the crass office Christmas party too. I, I really do. I, I like that one. Off, um, and then um, but um. Gosh, yeah, sorry, dude. Polar- bad, bad Santa, rest in peace, Bernie Mac. Yeah, but it's yeah, I like it, kind of. Uh, I see. I got to think. I got to think more. I can't think of. Um, I got like Nightmare Before Christmas. It's good, but it, it drags a little bit. I like yeah. Tim Burton too. I like Tim Burton stop stop the animation, but it just it drags. It, yeah. It's really good. Then it just starts yeah, to drag. Like, yeah. The more you say that, the more I'm realizing that. Yeah. It is. Um, but uh what's our honestly I Christmas Chevy Chase oh, yeah. Christmas yeah. Vacation, yeah. dude. I have to say Christmas Vacation is probably still my favorite, especially when she starts singing the Pledge of Allegiance at the end when the Santa starts going through the going through the air. Yeah. Um but um man, is there another one right and Christmas story? That's still one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're gonna shoot yeah. your eye out. You gotta shoot your eye out, dude. Yeah. You gotta shoot your eye out. Every, or the, 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 the pole, the tongue in the pole. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, a good one. that's a good one. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. See, we that's got all right. Cool. See, see I, we got a ton. So I got I'll, I have to whittle it down. Uh, Die Hard's always, Die Hard will be on there though. I don't know what, but it's it, Die Hard will be on there. Die Hard so, Die Hard's definitely that's that's uh Laz's favorite Christmas. Is there movie, a, Hard. yeah? It I saw that at Fort Benning. I saw that at the Fort Benning movie theater when it first came out. <laughs> I still remember that at, at the, they tore that damn place down too. It's not, it's not there anymore. The awesome movie theater with the balcony, the old school Fort Benning. Yeah, I've been to gone. Benning. I uh, went to, went to Benning more recently, recently um, a few years ago when Laz graduated from jump school. Oh, awesome. So uh, yeah. I went by, you know, third, third yeah. kind of checking out, you know, the whole area there. And, uh, uh, went by where the uh, School of Americas used to be. Oh, is it? Is it not there anymore? I haven't. It's called something else now. It's something like. Oh it totally changed the name, but it's like this, like nondescriptive, like vague, very vague title. Because uh, all you know, they, they've caught all kinds of crap for School of Americas, and so politically, like totally changed the name of it. Even though it's still there, it's kind of like oh, it's like a. Uh, Philip Morris with Altria, you know, like changing the name after the <laughs> changing the name to Meta. You know, yeah. that's exactly it. It's the it's, Meta. It's like, it's like whatever Meta version <laughs> right, of it is there. Yeah. yeah that's, 
whatever, whatever the world wants to do today. Uh, I just, just, just keep living it and letting it roll, man. And just enjoying everything. And so I get to be home and I get to watch. In fact, I'm going to watch Polar Express when we get off this call. Just, just, awesome. just to piss Dykos off. That's what I'm going to do. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to have to watch it later and, and just, and see, just check in on your psyche a little bit there. You know, <laughs> I know. Nice. I'm okay. <laughs> I know. Well, I know you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got, Merry, I got Merry Christmas to all you guys, the listeners. Merry of course, Christmas, everybody. Get, and any of you guys listening who are overseas, who, who can't be home for Christmas, uh, if, if this is offering any t- type of uh, feeling of home, that's great. And uh, yeah, really appreciate all you guys who have been listening uh, these past two plus years at this point. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. And Chris, thanks, man. Again, I, and I meant everything I said that you got you and Choi and Lidner sticks out to my head. Huge sticks out. And even Foster, man. Even Horse wasn't as bad as I thought. I thought he was really going to just destroy me. And he actually was a great. As a tab spec four, he, he was awesome. So thanks, man. You guys were awesome. Yeah, I'm glad we're there for you and glad to be connected with you again. God bless you, brother. You too. Thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. Chris. That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoparanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never Never quit. quit.